0: Good morning everyone, this is a day late, half a day late, somewhere thereabouts late uh, simply because I prioritised socialising yesterday and I make no apologies for that it was, uh, it's school holidays as well, we've been out chilling out, in fact yesterday for those of you not from around here you can google this, we're on the big wedgie now, (laughs) actually maybe don't google that there is an inflatable water slide here on the Gold Coast, which pops up around about this time of year, every year, called the Big Wedgie. And it's, it's meant to be like the world's largest inflatable water slide. It's massive. So we just spent a bunch of time with the kids, like running up and down the water slide and with friends. And then that turned into social things. And, uh, and I decided to prioritize that. And again, I make no apologies. Right for folks joining in, Burton. Burton says a great thunderstorm video. So that thunderstorm video was from the day before yesterday. Now we had another one yesterday, which was uh, which was sort of even crazier. And j- just for a little bit of context, like where we live here is subtropical, in so far as it is beneath the Tropic of Capricorn, but it does get humid and we do get some really decent storms. And I'm just popping open the iPad to pull open my weather station from yesterday so what tends to happen this time of year is you get to like four or five o'clock in the afternoon after a hot day and it's humid and then the storms roll in and you just get absolutely dumped on so i tweeted a video a couple of days ago the first big storm of the season and it was just absolutely belting down but what tends to happen is and i'm looking at my rain graph here it's like it's it's flat everywhere and then it's just like one massive spike just in the middle now this was yesterday's storm was interesting yesterday looking at the rain graph is if i touch on one of these these items just here try and find the point at around about like 555 it was 21 celsius and then two minutes later it was 13 celsius (laughs) so we just like suddenly plummeted eight degrees and then the the wind was 45 knots so i think the highest recording i had here was about 45 knots and it was just blasting the water in through underneath the door so it was like that windy and that full-on and just like palm trees and crap everywhere anyway storm passed and end up sitting outside in the hot tub in the dark with my son watching all the lightning which was which was actually really really cool ah uh, moving on lars is here he's yeah, he, Lars had an earthquake. Um, Victoria had an earthquake. L- Lars had a horseshoe fall off the wall. I saw that. I hope you have rebuilt, mate. Scott's there. Which weather station was in the end? Uh, it was a Davis something something Pro. Davis Vantage Pro Two, I think it was. Ping me separately if you like, mate. But it's I'm really really happy with it. It's got uh, it's got a little. Obviously, it's got the weather station on the roof. It does rain, humidity, wind, all that sort of stuff. There is an add-on that can do uh, um, UV. You won't need that, but I should get that. And then it's got a, a receiver, which I've got all the way down to my server cabinet. And you know how far that is from the top to the bottom uh, and all the floors and stuff. And it, it seems to work fine. Anyway, the receiver can push data out to, um, what is it, Weather Online? What do they call it? Uh, WeatherLink. And, in fact, the unit itself is called WeatherLink. So I can push it out to there. Another story about integration with Weather Underground is a bit of a pain. But it also has an API, uh, and it's an API running on the web server in that little receiver. So Home Assistant can integrate into that and just keep polling it as frequently as you like. So you get, like, total local no-cloud-dependent weather, which is which is pretty cool. Uh, a yeah, quick one on the sponsor, 1Password. Sponsor today. Everyone knows 1Password, so I don't need to go into detail on them. But what I will do is I'm going to shuffle around the the order of operations that I had for today and talk briefly about 1Password and FastMail, because this is pretty cool. So this was the announcement during the week. It's something that they've been working on for quite some time, something that I provided some, some feedback and some quotations. Quotations? Oh, no, I didn't get any money for that. I, quotes. <laughs> some quotes on it uh, uh, as it was in the development And basically, the the view is that your email address tends to be like a primary key to your identity. Once someone knows your email address, they get to map you to all the other things. This is how things like credential stuffing work. It's like, okay, well, we know the person's email address, and we know passwords I've used before. And because the email address will be the same everywhere, and because humans are humans, the passwords might be the same as well, we'll just try the pair. This is how data enrichment works and data aggregators work. They use Email address or something like phone number, which is, again, pretty much a primary key to your life. Use that and maps it all together. So the work with FastMail, and I'm looking at some of the headlines here because I've got some really nice press here. One password gives its own hide my email feature. The work with FastMail basically allows you while you're at a registration form to effectively right-click and go, hey, just generate me a unique email address and then that forwards on all the different email addresses to the one email address at Fastmail and you can then go in there and receive email even though you haven't handed over your own email address so I think that's kind of cool because it does abstract away this idea of being able to identify everyone there's certainly many cases where I sign up for something and I might not actually want to share my own email address now of course if you sign up to somewhere and you generate a fast email address and you put your phone number and your personal address in there. It's kind of identifying. So so you do need to use a bit of common sense. This is not like this solves all the problems in one go kind of thing, but it is a cool thing. So go and check that out. That is now baked in. Uh, Burton, have you got a lightning rod? Do big trees count? Um, No, I don't believe we have a lightning rod on the roof. Haven't seen one up there, or I guess the weather station is now the lightning rod. Um, I, where we are, there are a bunch of high-rise buildings not too far away. Someone who's much smarter at weather than me can can probably tell whether or not that becomes the lightning rod, and it's unlikely to hit the house. But when there is like a thirty-story building five hundred meters that way, I imagine it's going to hit that first. But I don't know. No, I don't think we have a lightning rod. Hmm. All right. Moving on. Let's Encrypt. Good Scott's here. <laughs> Let's Encrypt and their expired root certificate. Now, of course, this was by design. Uh, I will give Scott the shout. In fact, I'm just going to post Scott's paste here into the chat uh, and give him a little bit of air time. And then if anyone has any questions, you can ask Scott because he knows this much better than me. Let's Encrypt's root certificate is expiring. This was well planned. We knew this well in advance. If your client was dependent on that root certificate and it didn't have references to new root certificates that could chain through to modern certificates, then some things might stop working. And Scott was sort of flagging in advance. Look, there are going to be clients out there which are going to have some issues in terms of not being modern enough. Now, I'm looking at some press here. Scott, you ended up on uh, ZDNet as well. Fortinet, Shopify and more report issues after root CA certificate from Let's Encrypt expires uh you got uh, lots of quotes in there mate well done on that <laughs> so that's, that's a good one so uh, helm told zdnet that he confirms issues with palo alto blue coat cisco umbrella catchpoint guardian firewall monday.com pf sense google cloud monitoring how did they screw that up azure application gateway how did they screw that up ovh author zero shopify zero quickbooks jeez mate where does it end Fortinet, heroku rocket league instapage ledger net net netlify and cloudflare pages how do they screw that up but noted that there may be more but i will say and there's scott's uh, mega thread so for those listening to the podcast later on i will actually put this in the in the notes i to put that in my notes over here so it does go into the notes on the uh on the accompanying blog post but it uh, scott um and ch- chime in here via text because you can't talk but it doesn't seem like i I saw some people going ah it's going to be like y2k and it's going to be catastrophic and of course y2k wasn't catastrophic for those who were around then uh but it doesn't seem like it was particularly catastrophic i mean there's a bunch of clients who probably got a little bit caught out and look let's face it in defense of google and cloudflare and microsoft there is a huge amount of stuff in those organizations a huge amount of assets so uh I can, I can sort of be a little bit sympathetic to the fact that there might be one or two problems that happen there. But uh, again, mate, chime in if there's anything else that's particularly noteworthy there. And I'll link through to those later on. Um, I notice you are seeing a few news stories here. Uh, ah, the rest of it's probably fine. At least we're still able to do this. I am actually getting warning here about... YouTube is not receiving enough video to maintain smooth streaming, as such, viewers will experience buffering. So hopefully that's okay. Sometimes I see that and it's just fine. Hmm. Now, moving on, other things. Samuel, hi, Troy. I'm graduating this year and I was wondering if you had any advice, suggestions on things I can put in a portfolio or add to a CV about security. I would go back, Samuel, and read my first ever blog post if you Google Troy Hunt Online Identities. Uh, there were a bunch of theories that I had there about the value of doing things publicly and online, everything from uh, contributions to GitHub, uh, uh, engaging in Stack Overflow, questions, answers, online user groups, because of course a lot of what we've got to do these days is online. And I thought that would be something that might be useful in the future. Uh, and that's what actually worked out for me. So I find that what's even better than putting stuff in a CV, because a lot of the thesis of that first blog post was when I was interviewing people, uh, for software development roles, you'd get all of these CVs and everyone's CV said they were really good. <laughs> it's like every single time, it's like all the acronyms were there. Yeah. For all the different, and I've done this as well in the past, all the acronyms were there. Everything was awesome. Uh, and I go, all right, you know, I know you, you say that you're awesome, uh, but how do I know that you're awesome? And then they'd go, ah, oh, I've got references. You can call my references. So, well, but they're people you chose. <laughs> like You're going to choose all the good ones. And I basically got to the point where it's like, well, it's, it's very, very hard to make an independent accurate assessment. Uh, interviews are high pressure environments, coding tests, uh, again, same sort of thing. They're, they're only reflective of a very small part of someone's capability. I would like to see more stuff online uh, about you that I can independently verify and see that you've been interested in this thing over a period of time. So a living CV uh, in my mind is much better. So go and read that first blog post. Now, speaking of that as well, the book, the much-fabled book, which I'm working on. Yesterday, I think I finished the cover. I'm really, really happy with this cover. Rob's really, really happy with this cover. So Rob Connery, who's producing this book, is really, really happy with it. We are getting close. The plan is to try and hit this for the holiday season uh, so that when everyone goes away and they've got downtime, they've got something to read. Um... Where else are we up with that? I've finished everything that I think I needed to finish. And a lot of it now falls back into into his court. There's some stuff that Charlotte's doing for that as well. Some more sort of behind the scenes stuff. So we are getting close. And that book, again, this might be interesting to Samuel and others later on, is, is pretty much like how everything unfolded in my career. I'll talk about the disembodied voice behind me in just a moment. So that's getting close. We're we're moving forward on that. Uh, My intention is to try and get a chapter out to everyone who's signed up at book.troyhunt.com. Try and get that out fairly soon. There'll be some other things that we're doing around that as well, some content that Rob and I are going to be creating. That should be out, what are we at now, October? Uh, Sometime, probably later this month, earlier next month, is, is the hope for that. So it's coming. Disembodied voice, if I move my head... Slightly there is a Sonos Play 5 sitting on my shelf. That is the Sonos Play 5 that used to sit in my kitchen for a very very long time until I got Sonos in ceiling units in there just this week. I I think I've mentioned before I put Sonos in ceiling in my master bedroom and my ensuite so that you get sound that just covers the whole room. And, of course, all the Sonos things join up together. Uh, And by putting that downstairs, we've got really, really nice sound coverage down there. That made... This unit, where is it that way? It's all back to front in the video. This unit over my shoulder, redundant down there, and it also made the Sonos move, which was like in the living room, uh, redundant. So I put it up here. But because all the Sonos stuff joins up, and because I've got the integration to Home Assistant, when the garage door opens, which it just did for Charlotte to go and get some bread for breakfast, <laughs> we get a little announcement: "Garage door just opened." Or Also got an announcement for some reason at 1 a.m. this morning saying that the coffee machine had just turned off. (laughs) And I think what happened is something on Ubiquity rebooted at like 1 a.m. because it was immediately on 1 a.m. So maybe it did a backup and dropped off for a moment or something. Uh, That happened at 1 a.m. And then Home Assistant was no longer able to see the... I'm lost for words now. <laughs> I was no longer able to see the IoT switch, which monitors the coffee machine. And it thought that someone had unplugged it. So it very kindly let us know. So I need to put a condition in that automation to, um, to not do that at funny hours of the day. Going back to the tweets here, the tweets, the comments. So Scott says uh, he's got a mega thread on that. Uh, Scott said he'd agree. It was fortunately low impact, just surprisingly widespread. Mike was a bit of an issue for Fortinet and they basically stopped trusting certs, managed firewalls, blocked non HTTPS connections. That is the sort of thing which I think um, seems to have been fairly expeditiously got on top of, though, which is good news. Tristan got Corpo Ubuntu expiring at a week early through a CA certificates update. Turns out CDN was ignoring full chains and only keeping the leaf on custom certs, so we had uh, an advance warning. But, you know, some of these things are a little bit odd and edge casey as well and it was a little bit like the y2k stuff as well where as that approached we were sort of like we know some shit's going to break but we're just not exactly sure what and there were obscure things but like this it was nowhere near the extent to which some people thought it would be mike says also hack your career uh definitive inspiration hack your career uh if you go to in fact i'll drop this in the comment thread Troyhunt.com forward slash recorded talks. Recorded, why didn't that auto complete? Recorded talks. I have a link to every talk that I know of that's been made publicly available before. And in there, there is, uh, there's probably a couple of hacky careers because I did them Friend DC. Uh, yes, there are actually. And this was back in 2017. And it was, it was a really, really fun talk. And it was one that sort of resonated. A lot with uh, with a lot of people, and it was, I think, probably still about the only soft skills talk i have ever done about how I how I made my career. What it is, uh, it's a talk I'd like to do again. It's a talk which I I don't expect to do remotely. Uh, main reason is is that as a as a presenter, and, and I'm sure Scott and others here who who do any sort of presenting will concur, you really get nothing back <laughs> as a presenter doing remote talks. Uh, and that, that Hack Your Career one was particularly, particularly personal and it would be much more so now, given events the last few years, to do it again. So I would love to do that again and I will do like Hack Your Career more or something after we can start traveling again. For those of you interested in where we are in Australia with travel, and of course all of that relates straight back to COVID, it's it's a very odd kind of transitional time. So we're still really good in this state in Queensland. There's been a few cases lately and there's a little bit discussion of will it lock down or not lock down. We just did get some restrictions, uh, a few days ago due to I think six new cases in one day. So the restrictions are like, instead of being able to have a hundred people in your house, you can only have 30 for the next couple of weeks, which hopefully won't derail the massive Christmas party. I want to have later next month. Uh, So there's that, the masks and things are still there. But then you go, again, south, like 30K, where New South Wales is, and they're they're still having high hundreds every day of new cases. And I know that might sound low for, say, folks in the UK, but that's massive here for Australia. You go further south to where Lars is in Victoria, uh, and even more so. uh, I think that they've just had, like, their highest daily case load ever, which was 1,500-ish. But they're massively, massively forging forward on vax rates. So New South Wales is going to hit 70% fully vaxed, I think, in about five days and double vaxed, I think, in about 15 days. And they're flagging a lot of relaxed restrictions there, uh, including relaxed restrictions around people traveling from overseas, which seems to be uh, primarily Aussies returning home. And like, for those of you wondering, like, it has been very, very difficult for Aussies stranded overseas to get home because of government restrictions on inbound travel there's a whole other story about why all that is we of course are waiting for the time where, where we can go back to Norway and where Charlotte's family can come back to Australia and, and we we expect that that will be uh, somewhere hopefully in the first half of next year uh, I hope so otherwise it's going to really put a damper on our wedding as well so we, we need that to come good Graham how do you manage all the projects you have going on <laughs> that's a good question I'm not entirely sure yet um I, I honestly don't know. Like, I just get up and I figure out what have I got to do on the day. And occasionally that means I just end up with getting reminders from people saying, hey, what about this thing that we're working on? Like, where is it up to? Um, I, I honestly just don't know at the moment. I'm just, just getting up each day and trying to figure out what's, what's the best thing to do. I, I find that I fall behind in some things, but not things that are, that are too critical. And increasingly, I'm just finding there are lots of things that people want me to do. And it's like, I'm just going to be inflexible on it. Uh, and I'll try and give an example without without necessarily naming anyone. But there are opportunities which in years gone by, I would have gone, well, this is really, really good. And now because they they want, let's say, onerous documentation. So if, if, if there's, say, a, a commercial subscriber for Have I Been Pwned? And they want onerous documentation around anything from we want to see financial reports through to your policies on how you dispose of devices once they reach end of life i'm just like (laughs) no i'm not going to do that i need to say no to stuff in order to reduce my overhead Uh, a bunch of conference talks if honestly if if it's making life hard and there are all sorts of things that make life hard i'm just like no not like this I had one recently where, and I can't say who it is or, or who the company they named was, but they basically said, look, if you do any work with this other company, you cannot do any work for us. I was like, I'm not going to tell you whether I am or whether I'm not, but one thing for sure, I was like, there's no way in the world you're going to dictate who I can and can't work with. So no, just move on. None of it's that important. I'm just working it out as I go. Uh, I know that's not a, a great answer, <laughs> Graham. Maybe that'll make its way into into Hack Your Career more. Lars is not a fan of virtual talks. I think we all know exactly how we we feel about uh, all the talks we did in person. We had so much fun doing those, and we'll, we'll do those again to some extent. But yeah, just not the virtual stuff. Uh, someone with the username of underscore here has mentioned that Norway has recently dropped all restrictions. Massive chaos. Same in Sweden. Yep. Uh, we obviously monitor that. Pretty closely with with Charlotte's affiliations. There, she was showing me the front page of the, uh, the the news a couple of days ago, and they'd just dropped all restrictions. There were like massive, massive queues to get into into nightclubs and things like that because people have been locked down so hard for so long. So we do um, we do worry about that. But I, I guess one of the nice things one of the advantageous things about australia being further around uh, further behind the world in terms of opening up is that we do get to watch what's happening other places first and i know it's harder for where lars is and and for new south wales but at least where we are here in queensland it's like life is basically normal we're going away to the sunshine coast for a few days tomorrow with friends and so long as our premier doesn't lock the state down because of bad case numbers today that will happen will that will we'll go away is the thing that will happen and we'll be fine. All right, moving on. Because I do have a couple more things. This one's fun. <sighs> well, no, it's not fun. It's annoying. The next one's fun. Plug and play tech. Now, this goes back to the difficulty with disclosure. Now, I tweeted yesterday and I retweeted it this morning to get a little bit more exposure. Anyone got a contact at plug and play tc? that can take a serious security issue seriously. The kind of issue that usually results in a company sending a letter beginning with, we take security seriously. Usually when I send a tweet like that, it's after, I'm gonna speak generically here. Usually when I send a tweet like that, it's after much frustration in trying to get in touch with someone in the first place at the company and then actually get them to take the required action. Now, this is something that someone reached out to me about, and I contacted, or connected them rather, with a reporter, and the reporter has been in contact with Plug and Play TC. And Incidentally, Plug and Play TC, the global open innovation platform connecting startups and corporations through 60 plus accelerator programs a year. So people have been in touch with them, and I don't want to disclose too much because as far as I know, they still haven't taken it seriously, but let's just say that They haven't taken it seriously, and and this is the 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 problem. And it is absolutely infuriating that we are in this position where something as serious as this particular situation here is just not taken seriously. And you you will understand after it is taken seriously what I mean by not having been taken seriously, because I'm sure it will be newsworthy, particularly given there's a reporter involved as well. But this just feels like absolute freaking Groundhog Day, where time and time again we go through this same cycle Uh, every single day. On average it must be one a day on average someone reaches out to me and it's like hey I've found a security vulnerability or a thing somewhere uh, it hasn't been fixed can you please help me get in touch with the company and exactly the same thing has happened again this morning it is absolutely infuriating not enough taking seriously of these cyber things anyway let's have a look what else is in here Scott's in Norway soon hopes it's okay I'm so jealous of the barbecue I know you're going to have <laughs> when you're in Norway. Silvio, greetings from Italy. If I'm an IT manager, an infosec, an infosec addicted now is just because of you. So thank you for everything you do. Oh, that's really cool. Thank you. Oh, I forgot. I had a, an order of operations here that I completely skipped over. I was going to share my GitHub stars thing. So this is really cool. It's really cool to get something physical. And I'm just reflecting everything on my screen now. What's on there? that's nah, probably fine uh, this is really really cool this is the github stars uh, award it is a physical thing i can hold in my hand which again in an era where everything is virtual is actually really really nice and the letter that came with it i won't get through the whole thing i'll put a screen grab on it is cool thank you for the tremendous work that you do in the community by inspiring educating and influence all those around you you are a true star in our eyes it's by the way it's not just me there are other people that are github stars in our eyes which is why we wanted to say thank you and recognize you as a part of a select band of volunteer github stars from across the world and so on and so forth so that's really really nice to um, to have something physical like that uh, and that would as we say in Australia uh, or that will rather go straight to the pool room so that's uh, that's cool now where were we plug and play cover them last thing this is just a bizarre one so this this um, This popped up yesterday, Arvo. Who is this account? Unit Circle Rummy, Unit Circle Rummy. Our app helps students learn the unit circle in an enjoyable way. We're also working to raise variety and change the app selection process for classrooms. Now to be clear, there are three following and 10 followers. So this is a very small account. However, it hasn't stopped them saying something stupid. On the internet i know <laughs> someone raised this to me and uh and we're going to put this straight in the shaming bucket this is a, a shaming exercise on my behalf i've written before about why public shaming works uh and i i don't have much tolerance for people saying it's victim blaming read the blog post about public shaming so here's the thread here andy powell hey kids you can trust us. We don't collect any information. Asterix ask kids to log in over an in, uh, over an unsecured connection. Uh, and actually, that there's another tweet embedded in that. So Andy began here. Hey kids, here's another random app built by the lowest bidder. We want you to install on your personal devices. Now, when we look at the um, the screen cap here, so Satchel One is the app. Showing permissions for all versions of this app. This app has access to photos, media, files. Modify or delete the contents of your USB storage. This is obviously off an Android. Read the contents of USB storage. Calendar. Read calendar events plus confidential information. Add or modify calendar events and send emails to guests without owner's knowledge. This wants to do a lot, and it's made for kids. So Andy's comment is fine. Now, he has not tagged Unit Circle Rummy, who henceforth referred to as UCR, which is in their logo. He hasn't tagged them or anything like that, but somehow they've, they've joined in on this thread. Our interactive app collects none of this information. <laughs> and then the anti-social engineer, someone who pops up quite a bit in the InfoSec tweets, says, so why do you request it then? If you request the ability to see a kid's photo and don't even use it, aren't you just being weird? Okay, that's an interesting way to put it. Someone else, ew, that's proper Creepy. They don't let Unit Circle rummy anywhere near children, do they? All right, right, that does get a little bit personal, a little bit more personal than I would prefer. But I see where they're going here. It's like if you ask for permissions in your app, the assumption you have to work on is that the app will be able to leverage those permissions and access photos. Like you can't have a situation where the app goes, we would like access to all this stuff, but we're not actually going to access any of it. Trust us, we're fine. So this was Andy's original value proposition or his original concern. And then he's followed up, he's embedded that response from UCR, uh, and then said, hey kids, uh, you can trust us, we don't collect any information. And what he's showing here is a login window here to unitcirclerummy.com served over HTTP with a big warning, looks like on Safari here, saying not secure. Now this is on a login page, requesting email address and password. Now normally, when the browser says not secure, we infer that to mean not secure. Big leap there, I know. But UCR has responded to that. Try not to be ultra paranoid. That setup allows them to reset their password. Don't make accusations when you don't have all the information. Now, I thought this was a quote tweet worthy, quote tweet worthy tweet Try not to be ultra-paranoid. And it's not a password reset screen. It's a login screen. So anyway, I shared that. I said, when the browser says not secure, on the at unit circle, it's always fun to take them, login page, you'd be ultra-paranoid. Incidentally, ultra-paranoid is not a word. It's two words. To assume that means not secure. But hey, I don't have all the information. Then... Uh, UCR replied to me overnight. I haven't bothered to um, engage any further there, but what do they say here? Ah, oh, oh no! Stop digging. Ugh. You know, I'll just copy this and I'll put it in the in the discussion here in YouTube, and you can you can see this with replies. Um, oh, geez! Stop! Stop it! Stop it! All right, so. Replied to me, thanks for being so professional. The issue has been addressed. I almost feel like there's a language barrier thing here as well. And I'm a little bit sympathetic if that's the case. I think this was meant to be sarcasm because they didn't like me saying that what they're saying might not be right. But then there's lots of arguing with people. What is your complaint? Only, these pieces, only those pieces of data are collected for the stated purpose, which again is complaining about the permissions. Uh, someone else obviously raised copper the child online protection act incidentally copper only has one p but he's put two copper isn't being violated here i know you have been posting all kinds of nonsense but you're way off the base on this one someone else has said um please ask the question how did this get to production without tls it's a minor configuration issue but also a strong indication of incompetence when argued against and ucr has replied and says it is running tls maybe you should confirm facts I think what they're saying is that there is a certificate there, but it's just not—it's just not loading a HTTPS on the login page. It's really weird. Someone's chiming in. Who's your data protection officer? To where can anyone make requests related to their data rights? To which regulatory authority do you report? <sighs> if I was to speculate, it's—it's it's a guy sitting at home. Uh, there's not going to be a DPO or anything like that. It's, it's just someone building software on their own who really should frankly uh, stop arguing and just fix the problems because they're minor. What else is in here? The screenshot isn't even from our side. Seek help. <laughs> Are you another person who doesn't understand that coding term? Oh, geez. The SSL report gives grade A and the TSL, TSL, the TSL report says all is current. The, the, the problem is, is that you might have, I assume he's talking about um, the uh, SSL Labs, uh, the SSL Labs report uh, giving a grade of A, and, and that is fantastic, but if you don't load the page over HTTPS, then it really doesn't make any difference, and that's kind of their problem. <laughs> it just. Do uh, you ever just get into one of these, cycles where you're you're reading through something that you just can't look away from i find this with anti-vaxxers lately you know there'll be a story somewhere and then the anti-vaxxers are chiming in and you just you're reading it and you can't stop reading it and it just kind of feels a little bit like this and i just have to let it go and go and do something useful all right what's in the comments (laughs) hey kids ignore any certificate expiration warnings Uh, basically all of this is saying hey kids just ignore stuff um Oh, Paul says copper does have two Ps. Okay, my bad. Privacy Protection Act. I see I, in my brain, I was like Child Online Protection Act. All right, Privacy Protection Act. Okay, that is my fault. I will own that one. Um shows how much time I spend thinking about copper. Problem for me, of course, thinking about <clears throat> copper is as it relates to things like Have I Been Pwned? Most of the time, you've got no idea whether the data breach from other organizations is actually children or not. But I will stand by my assumption that TSL is an incorrect typo and it should be TLS instead. I have to think very carefully about that because I made one mistake already today. But look, all of that said, I think uh, that pretty much covers everything that I had on my schedule today. So thanks for folks joining this uh, a day late. As I get back into next week, we'll be back into uh, out-of-school holidays, back into a normal routine with the kids. And I'll be able to start doing the morning ones and the afternoon ones uh, my time. So next week, I'm going to be doing this around about this time of day on a Friday. So six days from now, because I'm going to do it on time next week, I'll do this again. Thanks very much for watching, everyone. I will see you next time.